I have been a minister or pastor, whichever term you prefer, uh, for about 22 years. Uh, I was ordained in May of 1997 at the Town and Country Christian Church in Crown Point, Indiana. And the man who presided over my uh, ordination was a man by the name of Lynn Ragsdale. How many of you know Lynn? Anybody know Lynn Ragsdale? He's a great guy. He is the mayor of Webb City, Missouri. It's a town about the size of Griffith uh, in, in Missouri. And uh, Lynn is a good friend. He's helped us here at GFCC in the past. Uh, and I really, really love Lynn. Um, and like I said, he presided over my ordination. And recently we were having a conversation. And he told me something very interesting. He said, uh, the church, we were talking about church leadership, and uh, he said, the church is not a representative democracy. It is a benevolent dictatorship. Now, that may sound a little funny. The church is a benevolent dictatorship. Now, let me tell you what he meant by that. It doesn't mean that there is a human dictator over the church. It means that Jesus, our benevolent and kind Lord, Savior, and friend, is in charge. That the church, I'm talking big church, and little church congregations jesus is in charge of the church i cannot express that more succinctly or uh, with more emphasis jesus is in charge of his church and it is his church now he has called for men to be uh, earthly leaders and earthly shepherds over his church and that's what we're going to talk about today. This uh, concept of church leadership that God has put in place over his church. And the reason that we're talking about this today uh, is because we're opening nominations today uh, or this weekend uh, for church offices in 2020. So some of you are thinking, great, this is going to be really boring. No, it's not. It's going to be fascinating. I promise you. Um, but in reality, I'm going to have a call to action at the end that you're really going to want to pay attention to. So what I want to do is I want to explain a little bit about God's plan for church leadership here on earth. And then I want to talk a little bit about um, what you can do uh, to ensure that our church is led well uh, as we open nominations this weekend. Uh, we, as a church... Um, are, are allowed by God to choose from our own leaders who will shepherd and guide the church. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about our role as sheep and the role of the elders as shepherds and the role of Jesus as the chief shepherd. And so where we go, here's where we're going to be today is we're going to be in first Peter chapter five. Now, how many of you are friends with me on Facebook? Several of you are Facebook friends of mine. If you're not, you should friend me on Facebook. I pretty much accept anyone and everyone unless it looks like spam. Uh, so as long as you don't have a picture of spam as your profile picture, we should be good. But I, on, on my Facebook feed, every morning about 5.30, 5.45, I record a one-minute video. Uh, and I do a one-minute video devotion every morning, uh, Monday through Friday. And I was, I've been going through the book of 1 Peter, uh, and now I'm in 2 Peter, verse by verse, uh, maybe one or two verses at a time. Uh, and so this a uh, couple weeks ago, I was in first Peter five. And uh, when I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about nominations and talking about church leadership. I thought to myself, you know what? I should preach from this passage, first Peter five, that talks about uh, elders and church leadership. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, next week, we're going to go back to our series. What a difference a day makes. We're going to talk about the Apostle Paul next weekend. Uh, and uh, we're going to finish up that series in a couple weeks. And then in November, we're going to do a series called First, What It Means to Seek 
love, serve, and thank God first. And then in December, we're going to have our Christmas series. Uh, the end of the year, we're going to do our 2020 vision sermon. And then starting in January, we're going to begin a year-long celebration of the 100th anniversary of GFCC. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm very excited about what God's going to do in 2020 as we celebrate 100 years of serving Him in Griffith. Uh, so uh, if you brought a Bible today, turn to 1 Peter 5. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 983 of that Bible, uh, page 983 of the Bible in the chair in front of you, or you can follow along on your GFCC app. If you haven't gotten the app yet, you can go to your app store on your phone, search for GFCC, uh, and you can download the app in about two seconds. Uh, and uh, you can follow along with the sermon notes in the app. And the sermon notes are there uh, on the home page of our app. Uh, before I hit 1 Peter 5, I want to talk a little bit about what the Apostle Paul told the churches around the area of Colossae um, about what, uh, the, who, who is really in charge. Because that's the, the title of this sermon today is, Who's in Charge? So in, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, the Apostle Paul told the church this. He is before all things. He's talking about Jesus. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the what? The supremacy. He might have the supremacy. In other words, Jesus is supreme. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the uh, Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one who is in charge of the church. He is large and in charge of the church. And I'm not just talking about GFCC. I'm talking about the big universal worldwide church. Uh, Jesus is in charge. It is his church. I like to tell, I, when I talk to people about our church. I always tell them it's his shooting match. I mean, this is... Jesus's church. In fact, his name is on the building. It's not Pastor Sean's church. Uh, it's not the elders church. It is Jesus's church. His name, Christ, is right there in Christian. Griffith First Christian Church. His name is right there. It's on the building. First Christian Church. Christ is in charge of our church. And so it, here's the thing, guys. When it comes to earthly leaders on, on earth uh, uh, in the church, they are accountable to Jesus. Our earthly leaders, our elders are accountable to Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but when I think about standing before Jesus on judgment day, I have a little bit of trepidation, maybe a little bit of fear, because I know what a lousy person I can be. I know what a lousy pastor I can be. And I got to stand before Jesus on judgment day, knowing that he died for my sins, knowing that he loves me, knowing that I'm going to heaven because of his grace, because of his sacrifice. But it still fills me with a little fear. Not because I doubt my salvation, but because I know myself. And I'm telling you, the elders of our church take their responsibility very seriously. And they know that they're going to have to stand before Jesus on judgment day and answer for every decision they made while being elders at GFCC. Jesus is in charge. He is in control. It's his church. Now he has appointed human shepherds to be over the church. And I want to talk about those shepherds for the balance of our time. We're going to look at 1 Peter 5, 1 through 11. And uh, I want to begin by reading the first four verses. And uh, again, if you got the app, go ahead and Pull it out. Uh, if not, you can follow along in the Bible. 
And we'll have the words up here on the screen as well. First Peter 5, 1. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering, who will also share in the glory to be revealed. So Peter, the Apostle Peter, one of Jesus' followers, appeals to the elders of the church, and he was writing to the churches in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. So this is where these churches were located, and he's writing to the elders of the churches, and, and he says, I appeal to you as a fellow elder. So Peter wasn't just an apostle, he was also an elder in the church. This is what he says, verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And so Peter is telling the elders uh, that they are to be willing shepherds. That's the first thing you got to know about an elder. An elder is to be a willing shepherd. They are not to lead because they have to or because they're obligated to, but they should want to. They should be willing shepherds over the church. Now, the term elder is from an ancient Greek word, presbyteros. Kind of looks like the word Presbyterian, um, but and that's where that word comes from. But it literally means uh, an elder. It was those who presided over the assemblies or the churches. So this is the word. Uh, it's used interchangeably with overseer, um, with uh, elder, with uh, bishop. Um, the elders are appointed in the churches to be the earthly shepherds over the sheep. Uh, the ancient Greek word uh, for shepherd, when he tells them to shepherd the church, is the word poimaino. Poimaino means to tend a flock, to keep sheep, to rule, to govern, to furnish pasture for food. So the elders of the church are called to shepherd the flock. Who is the flock? Folks, that's us. Includes me. I'm not an elder. So therefore, I'm part of the flock. I'm one of the sheep. And over and over in Scripture, God calls the church, his flock, he calls uh, Christians sheep. I heard a comedian, Christian comedian once say, you know, why does God call us sheep over and over and over again throughout Scripture? It's very simple. Because sheep are dumb. And let's face it, we can be pretty dumb sometimes, can't we? No, just me, I'm the only one? You got, thank you, thank you. Saw that hand, love that. Um, but uh, uh, when it comes to uh, being sheep, what do sheep need? Sheep need shepherds. Because sheep who don't have shepherds get lost. Sheep need shepherds to feed them and lead them. That's the job of a shepherd is to feed and lead the sheep. Because sheep without shepherds get lost. Sheep need shepherds to protect them as well. This is what Paul told the uh, elders at the churches of Ephesus in Acts chapter 20 verses 28 through 31. Check this out. Paul tells the elders, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. The job of the elders, the job of the shepherds is to lead and feed and protect the flock. In those days, um, uh, a shepherd would build a pen uh, out of like brush and shrubs and, and sticks and, and small trees. They would build this pen 
uh, for their sheep to sleep in at night. And they would lead the sheep into this pen. And then there was a small opening. And across that opening is where the shepherd would lay down. The shepherd would lay down at the opening of the sheep pen. So that if anything was going to get the sheep, uh, a thief, uh, a, a robber, uh, a lion, a tiger, a bear. If, uh, <laughs> if anything was going to get the sheep, had to go through the shepherd. Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. If anyone is going to get to his flock, they got to go through Jesus first. And the elders of the church, the shepherds of the flock, the, the shepherds of the sheep, are to lay down their lives across that opening. And anybody who's going to come in and get the sheep, they got to go through the elders. If anyone's going to attack the flock, they got to go through the elders. That's the job of an elder, to shepherd the sheep, to lead and feed and protect the sheep. That is the job. Of an elder. Now, elders would be willing shepherds, meaning that they're not to uh, do it under compulsion, uh, but because they love the sheep. Secondly, elders are to be servant leaders. And this, their example, the example of the elders is Jesus, the ultimate servant leader. And so their, their position is one of service to the king, the service to the great chief shepherd. They are to lead from a position of service. Not lording it over the congregation, not lording it over the church, not sitting in an ivory tower somewhere. No, they are to be with the sheep, serving the king and serving the sheep in a leadership capacity. Let's keep going. First Peter 5, 5 through 7, because here this is so important. In the same way, you who are younger, the church, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he what? He cares for you. So elders uh, are to be, uh, they're the ones in authority. They are the ones in charge. And the church submits to their leadership and authority. All of you, the rest of you who are not elders, me, you, us, are to submit to the authority of the elders. In humility, Proverbs 3.34, Peter quotes Proverbs 3.34, he says, He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Peter puts it this way, uh, God opposes the proud. And so when you think about it, if you are prideful and arrogant, God is opposed to you. I cannot think of anything scarier than God being opposed to me. Because he's God and I'm not. So be humble, he says. Peter says, be humble. And that's what Christians are to be. Christians are to be humble followers of the shepherds. We are to be humble followers of the shepherds. We are to submit to the authority and the leadership of the elders of the church. That's our job. As Christians, we are to submit to and obey the authority of the shepherds, the elders. This, uh, the Greek word for submit is the word hupotasso. And it means to subject oneself, to obey, to submit one's control. And this is, this. I, okay, we live in America, right? Everybody lives in America for the most part. So we live in America and we live in a representative democracy. We elect leaders to go to Washington, D.C. or go to Indianapolis to represent the will of the people. And that's not how it works in the church. The elders are not your representatives. 
They're not. They're the leaders of the congregation, appointed by God, given authority by God to lead the congregation. That is the job of an elder, is to lead. The sheep in a, she in a flock, the sheep in a flock don't tell the shepherd where to go. The shepherd leads the sheep. The shepherd leads the sheep uh, to, uh, like it says in Psalm 23, quiet pastures, still waters. The, the shepherds lead the sheep. The sheep don't tell the shepherds where to go. That's not leadership. The tail doesn't wag the dog. Think about that for 30 seconds. The tail doesn't wag the dog. The shepherds don't lead the, the shepherds lead the sheep, not the other way around. Okay? The, the job of Christians is to submit to the authority and leadership of the elders. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, what if I don't know the elders? If you choose to align yourself with our congregation as a member, regular attender, whenever you walk into this building, you are saying, I align myself with GFCC, and therefore I will submit to the authority of the leaders here at GFCC. Well, what if I, I don't trust the elders? What does Peter say to do? Peter says, in the same way you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. And, and if you can't submit to the authority of elders, and you don't trust the elders, and you don't believe in the vision of the elders, if you can't do that, then you may need to find a new flock. And let me tell you what. There is nothing harder for a pastor to say than telling a sheep to find a new flock. Because I want everybody to come to my church. But God says there can be no division. That as Christians, we are to be humble followers, submitting to the authority of of the elders here on earth. Let's keep going. We have an enemy, by the way, who's trying to stir things up. First Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The devil is everywhere, and he is stirring up trouble and division and discord and disunity and distraction that's what the devil does because the devil is the enemy he is a dangerous defeated enemy the en the enemy is the devil your enemy is not the elders of the church your enemy is not the deacons of the church your enemy is not the leadership of the church your enemy is not the staff it's not i'm not your enemy believe it or not i, I am not your enemy no one is your enemy. You do not have a human enemy. The devil is your enemy. And I'm here to tell you right now, the devil hates you. The devil hates the church. The devil hates Jesus. He is the enemy. And he is dangerous. Well, how does Peter describe him? As a prowling lion, roaring and looking for someone to devour. He's dangerous. And he doesn't care. He hates you. He will do whatever he can to destroy you. The, Jesus said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is out to destroy you. He is out to destroy the church. He is out to destroy what God is doing here at GFCC. The enemy is the devil. And he is dangerous. But he is defeated. When Jesus walked out of the tomb, he sealed the devil's doom. When Jesus walked out of the tomb, he sealed the devil's doom. Say that with me. When the Jesus walked out of the tomb, he sealed the devil's what? Sealed the devil's doom. Jesus is victorious. 
the devil is defeated. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ by believing in him, repenting from sin, acknowledging your faith by uh, confessing him as Lord and being baptized, God will wash away your sins and he will give you uh, hope that lasts forever and ever. He will give you victory in Jesus that comes by grace through faith in him. So put your faith in Jesus. Put your trust in him. Do not fear the enemy because Jesus has already won. But know that he is dangerous and he is still moving and active and working, whispering in people's ears, stirring up dissension, stirring up discord, stirring up division and disunity. But he is defeated. So pray to God that the enemy will be bound. Pray to God that the enemy will not win. But that Jesus will have the ultimate victory. Let's close out this passage by looking at verses 10 and 11. Peter closes it with some praise to God. He says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus is glorified because Jesus is is victorious and because jesus wins so what do we do with this how are we to respond well i want to talk to our elders first the job of an elder is to shepherd the flock the job of an elder is to shepherd the flock that's the job of an elder to lead feed and protect the sheep the 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 job of the elders is so incredibly important they are to protect the sheep, to lead the sheep, to feed the sheep. And, and the Bible says uh, that uh, elders are worthy of double honor. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, it says the elders are worthy of double honor. Because they are, are going to be judged more strictly. It's what it says in James chapter 3. The elders, those who teach, will be judged more strictly. So therefore they are worthy of double honor. So respect your elders. Uh, submit to their authority. Because the authority that they have was not given to them by the congregation. The, the authority that the elders have was given to them by God. It is a God-given authority. So we submit to the authority of our elders. So the job of an elder is to shepherd the flock. To lead, feed, and protect the sheep. The job of the flock is to submit to and obey the shepherds. That's our job. We submit to the authority of the elders. We, uh, we respect their authority and we obey the shepherds. And like I said, you may think, well, what if I don't agree with the shepherds? Well, what if I don't like the shepherds? What if I don't trust the shepherds? If you can't submit to and obey the authority of the shepherds in this congregation, then you may have to find a new flock. Because again, the congregation doesn't give the authority to the elders. God gave the authority to the elders. They're in charge. That's who God has put in charge of our congregation. And congregations just like ours all over. This is the biblical plan of church leadership. Now, when it comes to shepherds, we have two shepherds that we submit to and obey. The first, we submit to and obey Jesus, the chief shepherd. Ultimately, our allegiance is always to Jesus. We submit to and obey the authority of Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd. But we also submit to and obey the elders, the earthly shepherds. 
We have shepherds. We have a heavenly shepherd, a chief shepherd, and we have earthly shepherds, the elders. We submit to and obey their authority. Not because they're good guys, which they are. Not because they have a title, which they do. But it's because what God's word commands us to do. God commands us to submit to and obey the authority of the elders. So uh, there's two things that you can do. Do me a favor, okay? Do me a favor this week. Two things I need you to do. First things first, you need to pray for your elders. If you are not in the habit of praying for the elders of our church, you need to get in the habit of praying for the elders of our church. Pray for Bob, Tony, Tom, and Donnie. Those are four elders right now. Pray for these men. Pray for their families. Pray for their wives. Pray for their children. Pray for the elders of our church. Don't just pray for the pastors. Pray for the elders. And pray for them daily. And they have a tough, tough job. You're talking four shepherds over a, uh, over a flock of like 600 people. There's probably about 600 people who come to church here on a semi-regular basis. That's a big flock for four guys to handle. Four guys to shepherd. So make sure that you are praying for your elders. Pray for their families. Pray for their marriages. Pray for their kids. Pray for your elders. They need God's strength. They need God's courage. They need God's power. Pray for your elders. Think of it this way. If for no other reason to pray for your elders, it's because they're my boss. Could you imagine having to be my boss and how frustrating and maddening that must be from time to time? Believe me, it is. So pray for your elders. Secondly, submit to their authority. Obey your elders. Trust them that God is leading them and trust the vision that God has given them to lead our congregation. And, and here's the thing. Our elders take their job very seriously. Our elders take their job very, very seriously because they know they have to answer to God for the way that they lead. So pray for them and submit to them. Submit to their authority. Obey their authority. Not because they have a title. Not because they're really good guys. But because that's what God commands us to do. All of us. To submit to our elders. And when we do that, we will A, we will make their job a whole lot easier. But we will also come together as a flock. And we will move forward to our destiny of heaven. And we will reach people. If we are united and we stand together and we work together, we pray together, we play together. When we are united as a church under the authority of our elders, we're going to reach so many more people for Jesus. Because we're not going to be bickering and fighting and, and divided and, and, and have disunity. We're going to stand together. We're going to work together. And we are going to change this community. And we are going to change lives for the glory of God. And that's our job. And we can do it when we submit to and obey the authority of our elders.